Hey folks. Hello. Welcome back to Morning Wellness. Ian and Lydia as per usual. And today we have a very special guest with us, Dasha Maximoff. Dasha's a management consultant. What on earth is she doing in our podcast, you might ask. Uh, management consultancy is interesting. It's a, like a fascinating thing and obviously there's a lot of psychological tools that are used there that we're, we're curious about. But actually Dasha, uh, I bumped into in London a couple of weeks ago at a conference and uh, it turns out that she is reorientating her life towards um, biohacking and, and, and it, like beginning to look at her own, you know, examining what, what she can do to improve her own health and, and, uh, and has done that in such a... a dive in two feet first sort of way, I was like, oh, we have to have you on, we have to have a chat. So yeah, so what, like, give, give us a little bit of a sense of where where this this year, because it's basically this year, yeah. where it all kind of started. Can you give us a bit of a sense of that? Sure. Um, so it's, it, it really came to fruition with this year, I think. Mm. Um, health has always been, um, and wellness has been on the periphery, okay. real. Yeah. Um, but like this with your parents year, kind of into Like with my parents, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, my parents have always been really health-oriented. Um, kind of, we would go mushroom picking. I'm Russian in by background, so we go mushroom picking when I was a kid and um, hiking. I mean, it was always an active lifestyle, I suppose. Um, but um, I think health-wise and taking control of my health was really this year. Okay. Um, right. So and it's, uh, maybe a little bit before as well, um, but this year I kind of like got I got smacked. Oh, yeah, I got smacked. Um, no, she did get smacked. What literally, did? literally did get smacked. Yeah, yeah. So um, I um, have my sixth concussion. Um, so I've, I'm not just clumsy. I am clumsy, but not that's not the only reason. Um, so my first one was when I was 18. Uh, there was a car accident, and then the subsequent four, like the four after, were all sports related. Um, so uh, mountain biking, kite surfing, um, wakeboarding. Um, Something else I can't remember now, um, and then this last one was. Um, I can't remember. Can't remember now. <laughs> can't remember now. Um, and on, then uh, yeah, the last one was um, salsa dancing. Oh. What a salsa concussion? Yeah, yeah salsa concussion. Uh, yeah, don't salsa dance. Um, no, no, no. It's, wear a helmet if you're going. Wear to a helmet if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was um, it was good. Um, the guy was spinning me, and we bumped into another pair, and I fell backwards, and because he was spinning me so fast. Um, instead of catching me underneath, my I fell backwards and my head hit the floor. On the back. On the back, yeah, oh, the back left that's occiput. Scary. Yeah. Um, and was that an immediate? Were you knocked out? I was out. Okay, yeah, I was completely out. So, um, and the thing is with concussions, right? Every single brain injury is different, um, and every um, every brain injury is different. Every sorry guys, you couldn't hear me. Yeah. Um, every brain injury is different. Yeah. Every single one that you have gets it. it it's much worse as well. Mm -hmm. um, so even a small knock now yeah. could probably be a lot worse for me versus somebody else yeah. um, because I'm just more sensitive to it. And this is um, the thing with uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, isn't yes. it? That they're, like, they're studying where it's like, it's actually the concussions you don't see yes. that are yeah. actually possibly the more dangerous ones. That repeat nature, like rugby is a huge thing. There's a, a big conversation yeah. happening around that. Obviously, American football is huge in the States. And um, there's, you know, you see the violence of the, of the interactions in American football that's enhanced by the fact that they're wearing so much padding. And in rugby, there's just there's no padding at all. There's nothing. And like yeah. guys are going like this is awful thing about you know because there's a lot of machismo around it where guys are just stand up and like no no I'm I'm good I'm to good, take that I'm penalty fine. I'm good to like what and they just kind of like stagger back in and like luckily in the last what maybe six to ten years they've begun to kind of like put in you know uh, protocols so they have to do like even name test protocols yeah. to see if they can come back on but that's not even really enough because yeah. they're still getting the they still have the knock it doesn't yeah. matter whether they can remember their name or not yeah, yeah no people people are saying that so. 
one, concussions are silent. Mm. So you don't, see, you know, if, if I if I break my wrist, you put in a cast, you can see it. That's that, right? So it's people are are, are aware of the fact that you've had an injury. A brain injury, you don't know. Mm. So you can you don't you could be just fine out socially, everything's great, and then the next day you're just spent. You're just emotionally drained, or you're you're feeling depressed, or you're feeling sad, or whatever it is, and you can't link the two and two together mm. because people say, oh well, yeah, I had a bump, on, like I fell on the ice and I fell backwards, but I'm fine. You know, two days later, well, it's actually you know two weeks later, a month later, there could be reverberating effects yeah. that you didn't really realize. Yeah, um, and I think that the brain is also one of those things where you you can't immobilize it. With a cast, yeah. you can immobilize it. But it's just going to be shaking around. Yeah, regardless. your brain, you wake up, you make a cup of tea, you're using your brain. Mm. You're right? Okay, fine, let's say you're not you know, reading you know, quantum physics, fine. Like, yeah, then you're really using your brain. But your brain, you, you cannot immobilize it. So it, it's yeah. always going to take... So if anybody has had concussions, which they say that like 95% of people have had a concussion, mm. they just don't know it, um, or they, they breeze it off, um, so if you've had one, know, know that it takes much longer yeah. to actually get over it than people really think. Yeah. Um, so kind of ease into it. I yeah. guess. So I was yeah. like, I have a personal story in this as well because I broke a windscreen of a four-wheel drive with my head in a bike accident uh, about 10 years ago and then did the same again with the helmet mm. the second time around. Not, no, no helmet the first time. Mm. Um, and it was, it was mad because I was quite concerned because this is you know a world that I live in in terms of you know preventative healthcare so it's something where this awareness of mm. you know uh, protecting the brain and, and, and how, how neuronal inflammation is that kind of longer term pattern that, that maybe goes undiagnosed until you know things are really wrong and mm. um, and it, so it was it was weird for me I was given this kind of like clean bill of health and walked out of the hospital the next day just because there wasn't a, like literally wasn't a mark I hadn't yeah. even cut yeah, my head yeah, and yeah. I'd smashed a windscreen with my head and and they were like, cool, you're fine. And I was like, I actually want to go back and see like a, a neurologist. I want to see a consultant. They were, you know, but they were like, Shh, you're fine. You're actually clean bill of health. Mm. You know, you, oh, you've got a sore knee. That's mm-hmm. that's your problem. I was like, no, this thing. Like, that's what took them off. Yeah. So what yeah. did you get as a, like, did you get any kind of follow-up after your concussions? Was there a level of care? Yeah. And ongoing or what did so they do? I, so I think this was, this is it. This is, this was where um, I said enough. In that I, so immediately after I woke up the next morning um, and I felt like, the, the worst thing ever. I mean, it felt like I was hit by a truck, had a migraine, had, you know, my period, had um, a hangover. Like, you name it, you smash them all together, and that's what I felt like. Um, and I was like, all right, well, fine, I'll go to A&E. Um, I go there, and the lady says, you know, follow my finger, walk up and down, whatnot, you're fine. Okay, you're fine. Yeah. Here is, and this is this is the part where I just got angry, um, where she said she, she takes a... Um, like a pad where she had the same prescription cut and paste, ty- like typed out, cut and paste. She cuts it out, gives me this little ty- piece of paper, and it says three tablets of um, ibuprofen and six tablets of paracetamol. And that was my face. That was exactly my face. I was like, so I know that my brain is a little wonky right now, but three plus six is nine. Nine pills a day until when? Until what? Yeah. yeah, until what happens. She's like, oh, well, if you have pain, then what else are you going to do? Like and thank you very much. Yeah. Sayonara, goodbye. Um, and so then I started really getting into saying, you know what, if this is a doctor, um, you know, and again, Annie, I have nothing. You know, I, I have the utmost respect for um, for how we treat trauma. The triage. Right? And triage, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but that answer, I just said, I, enough. I need to see what are the other options. So basically, this past year has been kind of my 
um, my hacking my way back, I guess. Um, so it's been, I think I've counted 15 doctors um, in four countries, um, testing and trying and um, and everybody, and it's, it's interesting because I think with health, there is this idea of like a reductionist, you know, I'm going to just look at this one little piece and that's my speciality because that's what we've been forced to do, yeah. right? You become a neurologist because that is your speciality because the body is so incredibly difficult and it's complex and so in order for us to even have a, 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 a chance at understanding it, we have to become specialists. But therein lies the problem. If we're specialists, mm. then we're going to miss... We're isolating. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. going to miss all the, the amazing connections that happen. Yeah. You know, so um, so I would see all these different doctors and they'd say, yes, we've tested for this, it's not that. Okay, so if it's not that, move on to this, 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 this. Okay. Um, and so it's been interesting. I mean, it's um, and were you having, interesting. Were you having problems with your health that, that lasted? Like, would, like oh. neur- neuronally, like, yeah. related to those things persist? Yeah, yeah so basically okay. um, the concussion happened in October mm-hmm. um, and up until... Um, I would say October of this year, um, so 12 months, um, I was having headaches constantly. Um, so immediately after, um, so concussions I think are also, they say that you're, most people will have symptoms for 90 days, mm-hmm. and then after 90 days that's considered already post-concussion symptoms or syndrome, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it can be a longer term thing. So then um, there's a couple of folks that start saying it's, not, it's no longer just a, a brain smack, it has now become a hormonal problem. Um, and so some people start looking into the hormones and saying, okay, what are those things that you can be fixing there? Um, so, but my symptoms, to go back to your question, um, one, um, I mean, full-on depression. Full-on depression. I mean, to the extent that my dad would call me and, like, FaceTime and he'd say, oh, well, like, the weather looks, you know, it looks a little cloudy. And I was in London, which is, you know, typical. And I would just break down because I, it would for no reason it wasn't an attack at me it wasn't anything wrong at all it was just like you know yeah it's so negative it's like what you know so it's these these like little triggers that would just get me going for no reason and then so there'd be one day that I'd be fine and happy and then the next day again just feeling depressed or just spent and like having no energy whatsoever and um, no desire to see friends or um, have any sort of like external um, inputs. And, and, and the people really notice this outside of you, like people who've known you for a long time, and they're like, oh my yeah. god, who is this new Dasha, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. Okay. oh for sure. And were you alive to it before they made you aware of it? Were you very conscious of it, or did it take an external person to go, Dasha, you need to, like, this thing is not... Probably the latter, yeah, okay. probably the latter. I mean, like, I knew it, I could feel it, okay. but then when they started um, kind of double-downing on it, or yeah. like saying, hey, what what's up? Then I noticed it even more. Okay. Um, but then the other the other things were um, headaches. Mm. So just it was I would wake up in the morning and I would have a headache. I would go to sleep at night and I'd have a headache. Mm. Now it wasn't like a migraine headache. It wasn't a um, what do they call it? Um, a headache that's very focalized. Um, sure. I don't know. Um, it's escaping my brain now. Okay. And, <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, yeah. it wasn't. It was just like a pressure, okay. right? Okay. So it was just right on the left temple. Yeah. Um, just it felt like somebody was kind of squeezing my head in. Um, so it wasn't debilitating, yeah. but it was constant. And yeah. if you guys have ever lived with chronic, constant pain, you can understand how exhausting it is. Uh-huh. And it's and you're like, wait, is today going to be one of those days where I don't have a headache, or is today going to be like every other day? Wow. Okay. You know, um, and living day in and day out with that for 12 months, and then other doctors saying, oh, it's in your head or we don't know what the answer is, that was just, this year has been, it's been a, um, it's been a game of patience, which I needed, um, and a game of, of humility, 
Um, because I think that sometimes we need that smack and to say, wait, 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 it can all be taken away very quickly. Like, be grateful for what you have. Yeah. Because I think before I was just kind of flying, you know, and going 300 miles an hour. I still go that maybe 100 miles an hour yeah. now. Um, but not taking a moment to pause and just say, holy moly, look at this. I mean, you and I met. In a, on a whim, yeah, 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 and yeah. now we're both in Dublin, sitting yeah. and having an amazing conversation. Like, what is going on? It's yeah. incredible, you know. The connections, the potential for connections, yeah. are, are amazing when you, when you yeah. wake yourself up to them, especially when you open yourself up to them. Yeah. So, can you? Sorry, so, and then, sorry. One brain? other thing. Sorry, yeah, guys. Um, the other uh, symptom was light sensitivity. Ah. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So, so that just came on. Yeah. So yeah. So that. So basically, it was like my symptoms were headaches, that depression, um the loss of memory for sure mm -hmm. and then light sensitivity okay. so the loss of memory um, that was a big one because at the time that I was doing um, that I had the concussion I was doing a master's of neuroscience so it Jeez. was um, it was a little ironic that I had a massive you know brain injury while I'm studying the brain um, and so I would you know for me I would read these scientific journals feel like I'm doing great have my notes everything's like Good to go. Yeah. Next morning I wake up. Actually gone. You're talking about that bad. Yeah, Actually gone. Like like scary. I knew I knew the outline, uh -huh. right? I knew the the macro yeah. of the paper. Yeah. But the details of what you know, which immunochemistry they did or like what tests or what are they controlled for, or anything like that. No clue. Oh I'd have God. to like look back at my notes and like this is ridiculous. Damn. Um, so memory was a big one that I've been hacking this year. Yes. And then um, and then light sensitivity. So then I started getting really interested in light because um, with concussions, people say for the first week, stay off devices, right? You don't want that flicker mm -hmm. from the computer. That's um, you okay. don't want, like, if you don't want to look at a screen, right. you don't want to, um, yeah, just stay away from computers. And what does that, do they know what that does, what that flicker does? It's just too, it's too much for your brain. It's too similar. Yeah, okay. it's too okay. many images. Yeah. For yeah, yeah, it's like, again, going back to the metaphor of the cast, right? So mm. if you broke your wrist, right? Yeah. And if you just had somebody like, Housing you yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no way that your wrist is going to heal, yeah. right? So it's the same idea. Okay, okay. And in general, it's just it's the energy that's coming from. I mean, light, as we know, light can harm and it can heal, mm. right? So a sunburn is a perfect example of light harming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So therefore, if it can harm, it can also heal. It has the energy to mm. heal. Um, so that being said, from light coming from a screen, yeah. it's harming you. Okay, um, yeah. So I got really interested in light as well. Um, so one of the the healing elements mm -hmm. that I found, um, which not many people talk about nowadays, is um, and it used to be the, like a huge thing is heliotherapy. So helios in Greek is sun, right? Um, so back before vaccines were um, invented, mm -hmm. um, they had sun sol solariums or like okay, helio yeah, um, yeah solariums, a, a sun hospital I guess um, and they would have it in the Alps they would they had it in Russia they had them which you wouldn't think about Russia and Sun but yes um, but they had them in like high altitudes and so then they would bring people in if they had some issue then they would like narrow in the Sun Sun beings into that part of their body. Yeah, it was sort of like the Latin and Roman physicians dispatching people off up to the yeah, Alps for yeah. their like sun and walks and clear air and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But actually, they were doing that much with that. Absolutely, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's like Google is incredible. <laughs> it's early infrared. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's phenomenal. Um, and so they used to do that before vaccines became a thing. Yeah. And when they did, 
then all of a sudden they're like, ah, forget it. Vaccine is the way to go, okay. which it is in yeah. certain cases. Okay. Um, but it's interesting that we have lost the idea of heliotherapy yeah, 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 and yeah. the sun as a healer. Yeah. So one of the things um, as kind of hacking myself back, I um, kind of left civilization, if you will, um, for three months. And I just, I said, I'm going to go back to nature and see how nature can heal me. Um, so I was without, like, n almost no Wi-Fi, I mean, a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but staying away from computers to the extent possible. Um, I was without, like, the lights I completely changed at home. Um, and then in the mornings, I would wake up with the sun, with the sun and stare at the sun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of those things where even in India, it's a practice that people do, um, you know, from, from way back when. Um, and people nowadays are like, what are you crazy? You know, you're going to burn your retina and yeah. la la la. No. Mm. So the first hour, yeah, yeah. it's the first hour of the sun. Mm. So you have to wake up early. Yeah. You can't just do it in the middle of, you know, um, middle of the day because yeah. then you will burn your retina. So yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, um, yeah, the first hour of the sun, mm -hmm. there's no UVB. Mm. Uh, I think it's UVB. Don't quote me on that. But it's, it, there's no UVA, UVA maybe. UVA yeah, maybe it's UVA, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's nothing that's going to burn your retina. Yeah. So for the first hour, you can do it. Now, granted, you're not going to, I mean, when you first start training your eye to it, you're going to water, your eye's going to water and it's going to be slightly painful. So you, you gradually get there. That's really interesting. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, first. It's like the response to the cold where it's like, ah, this isn't actually pleasant. Yes. It's uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Wow. Exactly. Fascinating. So, the first couple of days, like 10 seconds, and 20, then 30. Mm. And so mm. I got to the point where I was basically watching it for like 30 minutes. Mm. Um, and it's also incredible if you can start doing that as a practice. Now, maybe in Ireland it's a little bit difficult because. You know, that is the problem. Yeah, we, don't, we don't get every day. There's no sunrise, but there's been yeah. some goodies. It's yeah. been a good year for the sun. Us. I mean, in, yeah. the, in the summer times, it's good. Oh, for yeah. sure, it is. it's That's just that can't be tag coverage. There can be cloud, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but I think for me, it's also um, what I've noticed is light. I'm I've gotten so interested in light um, as a healer and as a top up, if you will. So everybody talks about vitamin D, um, mm -hmm. but we're all like we're all closed up, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so to the extent that I think that we can start shifting our minds to thinking about light, proper sunlight, mm. not this stuff, okay, yeah. um, but proper natural sunlight as if it's like um, like a petrol station mm -hmm. um, and saying, you know, okay, I need to top up. So during the day, all right, go for a walk with your coworker. Go yeah. get out and just, uh, yeah, again, maybe it's cold, yeah. um, but even giving a little bit of sun exposure, mm. um, sitting, like being outside and just you know, taking a little bit of that in, get that top up. Um, it's not that difficult. Is it really and interesting when you look like culturally at parts of the world where they're told to really cover up? Yeah. I mean, like some of it where there's very strong sunlight, but mm. I'm sure there's some interesting studies to be done there on yeah. vitamin D synthesis and those sorts of things. Ooh, and I wonder how, yeah. I'd love to know like, genetically how those yeah. cultures have adapted to that aspect huh. without having any sun exposure. I mean, like, That's true. I don't know. Anyway, or maybe it, maybe it um, bleeds to the clothes now. I, don't I know. wonder. I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, curious. But yeah, so, yeah. You took, so you had three months of like a real digital detox, essentially, yeah. and like a, a full kind of like back to nature program. Yeah. And then did you, was that when you went to India or what was, when was that? No. Um, so the... You just do a lot at once, basically, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're doing immunology and you're working on consulting. Uh, what? Yeah. So, so okay. So let's, we, we, so Sorry. management consulting, I stopped okay. um, when I went to go do my master's in neuroscience. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I am no longer a management consultant. Yeah. Um, but that was my, my previous life, I suppose. Okay. Um, so I shifted to get my master's in neuroscience because to me, the brain is one of these things that 
we don't know anything about. And kind of like what we were saying before, we remember, many of us remember a smell, mm. right, from our childhood. But we have no idea what we ate three days ago. Mm. And so to me, the brain is one of those things that's so fascinating. And it's so, it, it's, I mean, it's going to, my entire lifetime, it's going to be something that we're going to be working towards and working on. Mm. Um, so that's why I went to get my master's in neuroscience, because yeah. I thought it was really intriguing. Yeah. But India was now four years ago, five years ago, when I was a management consultant. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I got completely burnt out. So if anybody is kind of listening who's you know, either in a high-stress job or kind of finance or consulting or anything like mm -hmm. that, um, I was in that world. Um, so I, you know, and it's, and it's a tough tough world from a health perspective because you're in the office by seven or eight maybe here in Europe it's a little bit later um, but you're you're on right you're completely go 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 mm. and especially if you're traveling you've you've gone to the client site on Monday morning you're there you're living in a hotel you're with your team you're always like your adrenaline is just through the roof yeah. all the time like Free you're never off yeah, yeah yeah and then you're going to, to restaurants which are incredible but you're probably drinking at night yeah. you have these uppers and downers which is you know caffeine to get you up and then at night just you know have some alcohol to put you to sleep yeah you know and it's and it's a vicious lifestyle but it's an amazing one um, like mm -hmm. I learned so much in the nine years that I was there okay. um, but from a health perspective yeah. um, it's just tough yeah. Um, so I got burnt out, um, and at that point I said, you know, can I take a sabbatical? Um, and that's when I went to India. Um, and so then uh, I got interested in yoga from not the asana perspective, but more from the mindset. Um, again, always going back, thinking about health as a periphery and my interest in the brain. Mm. So it feels like it's, I've always had this journey of like circling back to Isn't it. Isn't it interesting? You yeah, when, you, when, you, when you reflect on it, like yeah. how much your life... like the accidental or incidental things that have like steered you towards this thing. I mean, it's amazing because you obviously have such a passion for it. You quite, it's kind of chicken and egg, like which came first, did the passion or the or the incidents that drove you towards that thing, it's amazing. And so when you started looking at, um, you know, you're saying uh, yoga, like non-asana based yoga or, or less asana focused yoga, did you have a meditative practice before this? Was this like your first, was it totally new, really fresh eyes? Yeah. Um I had dabbled in meditation. Yeah. Um, I think I was like coming off a breakup or something, and like, you know, we you always, used it when always it was yeah. But I didn't get it. I was like, yeah. all right, well, I'm sitting, mm, like, <laughs> like the, what is this, you know? And I, but it was intriguing enough. I, I had probably had like some experience, maybe I'm, I'm guesstimating, I guess, where I saw something or like it worked for something or it calmed me down or. For some reason, I got more interested in it, such that I wanted to read and learn more about it. And tell me, you how know? did you find out? Because I think here, like a common thing now is that people, when they think about yoga, they just think about asana. They don't mm. have an understanding of mm. yoga as a philosophy yes. and a way of life. Yes. And then the asana is like one of those eight limbs and not all of the eight yeah. limbs. How, it's very rare for people, I find, to actually know that that is a thing. Yeah. How did you find that if you were kind of heavily into that I think, yoga scene? I think either one of two things. I don't remember. But um, either one, um, friends who are Indian who probably had said something like in passing, like, oh, asana, blah, blah, blah. And they probably said something. And I was like, oh, what is pranayam? Right? What is, there's a breathing practice. Oh, okay, wait. And the, then there's that on the dhyana. Like, what are the other things? So it's either from a friend or I think that I probably had a yoga teacher that um, had mentioned something about it. And so then it just piqued my interest. Um, and then books started and all that. And I feel like. I feel like once, once you have that door like squeaked open, that little like 
mm. that little thing, like the light that light. comes through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden you're like, wait, 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 hold up, what's that? You know, I, I, I need to learn more about it. Um, but I can't, I, I can't remember, honestly. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I think in meditation, to your question of like, had I really done it before? No. Um, and, I, and I'm a very like black and white person. I'm trying to shift that a little bit. Um, but so for me, it was like, all right, two feet in, like, let's go. Mm. And so my friend had told me about Vipassana, um, like, three years before I had even thought about it. I was like, ten days of silent meditation? Like, that sounds like jail. Like <laughs> You're probably a bit pitted for that, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely pitted, for sure, for sure. Um, I was like, why would I choose to not talk for mm. ten days? Mm. What? You know, clearly I can speak a lot. Um, and uh, but somehow some people say that vipassana, you know, it kind of finds you, mm-hmm. you know. And so when I was in India, that so happened that another friend had said it again, and this time I was more open to it. Um, and I think that vipassana. So for those who have you guys talked about vipassana? No, we haven't. No. No. Yeah. So um, in a nutshell, basically what they say is um, meditation. There are so many different types of meditation. There are. Um, different schools and all that Um, but what they say is the meditation that Buddha had used to get to his version or his enlightenment was the version of Vipassana Um, and the reason is because um, when he was traveling around and he kind of passed this this tradition down um, within India Mm -hmm. problem is that within India um, there was warfare and strife and all that um, so it kind of got diluted Versus in Burma and Myanmar, it was still pure because it's a the, the country is kind of remote and mm. there isn't um, there wasn't all that kind of fiefdoms and fighting, mm. so it stayed pure. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this guy who was a, a businessman. His name was Goenka, um, and he follows a very similar story as as Buddha did in that in the I think it was like the, it was in the 1960s don't quote me on the date but it was like yeah. fairly recent yeah. like 1960s 1970s he was a really famous bus- or famous not um, very uh, successful businessman in Burma and then so he had businesses left right and center like all the, the wantings of life he had mm-hmm. um, and um, and he started having headaches and pain and he's like going to all these doctors like what do I you know like what do I do what do I do nobody could find like help him then all of a sudden, his one friend said, "Well, go to this guy. You know, he'll he'll heal you. He'll heal you. He'll heal you from your pain." So he goes to this guy, and the guy's like, "Well, all right. Do you want to be, do you want your pain gone?" He's like, "Yeah, I want my headaches gone." He's like, "No, no, no. Do you want me to help you get rid of your pain?" Like, well, yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, yes, yes. Turns out that then the Goenka stayed with this man, apprenticed with him, and again because of the lineage of um, from uh, Buddha down in this meditation form in Burma, it hasn't been broken. Goenka, this businessman, mm-hmm. just in the past 40 years or so, um, learned this um, okay. this form of meditation, yeah. studied it, and then in about the 1990s, he said, you know what, I need to go out and give this to the world. Okay. So he opened up all these different centers around the world, and literally, you, I'm sure there are some in Ireland, like, you can go to yeah, the sure. Jambera down yeah. the Peninsula, which yeah. is a beautiful Buddhist uh, retreat. I know a couple of people who've done the Pasana down there. There's, okay. there's a few places in Toronto. Yeah. 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 So you guys can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so the idea there is that um, it's a center that's free, mm. and you don't you don't pay anything to be there. You are there to learn. You are there to get um, the 
the the teachings. Um, and so so these teachings, Goenka had taken it from like five months down to three months, down to two months, down to one month, down to ten days, and he like whittled it down to say, okay, this is the minimum amount of time that I need you to focus with me for ten days, such that I can teach you how to meditate as Buddha meditated. Okay. And it's called the Vipassana method. Yeah. And so you basically go for 10 days and it's completely silent um, and you don't pay for anything. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, they say, if you got something out of the teaching, mm-hmm. then you pay it forward for the next person. Okay, oh wow. So I, like, I just absolutely love it because you have centers around the world. Mm-hmm. And so the one that I went to is in Bombay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get there completely free. Like, I mean, listen, it's nothing like extravagant, but, you know, it's sure. basic sattvic food. That's what you want. Yeah, that's what you want. Process. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you go there and like, they ask, like, I like to journal. So they're like, give all your journals in, give your your uh, headphones and your you know i i like any musical devices, your books. You don't want anything when you're there for ten days. Okay. And the idea is because all of those things are inputs, mm-hmm. right? So either you're reading or you're listening or you're this or you're this. But it's like we have enough in there already from mm-hmm. you know the 30, 40 years that we've been on this planet. Like you have enough in there, you know. Um, you don't need more inputs. So for 10 days, you just sit, and yeah. they, they teach you, they walk you through yeah. this method. So okay. you have a mixture of um, kind of big settings where everybody has their own space, their own, like, pillow, um, and then you can go back to your room and, mm. um, and have time on your own. Um, so you're effectively meditating for, like, 10 hours out of the day. And so did you, like, what struggles came up for you in that? Everything probably, but go on. <laughs> Can <laughs> well, we, like, come on. Yeah. Like, um, what, what, were there things that presented themselves that you were totally unawares of was most of most of the things that kind of reveal themselves things that you knew you kind of had to face and you'd been kind of ignoring or all of the above yeah um i mean it's it so i'm a person that's also um that if i decide on something i'm going to do it um so there was about 100 people that were there i think 60 68 of them finished it and then the other 32 just they were like enough we can't deal with it um so it's the three days the first three days are usually the toughest for, well mm. it's tough because you're just learning how to sit with the aches right because if you're yeah. sitting for 10 hours That's it's like oh my knee my back my this like all of a sudden you realize you're human you know mm. um, and I mean I guess we all realize we're human but um, and then um and then around the fourth day, people really break um, because that's um, and they break in a good way usually. But you'll have yeah, you'll have. I mean, demons come up. Mm. You know, you have um, like your dreams. I mean, you have things come up that um, like I I had a family member basically die in a dream. Um, a family member that's absolutely close to me, and I was petrified that it actually could be a, could be a reality. Wow. Um, but then you sit back and you say, wait. Again, if that is the case, and over, over the course of these 10 days, if, God forbid, something like that happened, mm-hmm. then what can I do? Yeah. Right? It's like, well, I can either stress about it, yeah. and, or I cannot, like, it is, you know, to say to say a phrase which is says a lot but doesn't say anything at the same time, it is what it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you can't do anything about it. But, and all you can do is sit there um, and give your love to that person who you're already close to fine if they yeah. exist and if they pass on and they haven't doesn't matter that, yeah. yeah um i mean there's a lot of reflection i you know you look back on for me at least there was a lot of um looking back on my relationships um so some i mean with my family um with my loved ones with um how how i am as well okay. um so for me it was um i've been described as an onion um where it it takes a lot to like open up all the different shells mm. um and you know 
is that the right way to be? Mm. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is still. Um, I, I pride myself on, um, on not being crazy open with everybody because if everybody's important, then nobody's important to some yeah, extent, yeah, you know? Much, so it's, it's like an interesting dialogue of do you have, are you fr- equally open with everybody yeah. or do you have your close-knit of like three, four people or whatever mm-hmm. it is, your family, that you can really lean on and say, you know? Um, so I don't know what the right answer yeah. is. Yeah, it's kind of it's a bit about finding your tribe a little bit, isn't it? I mean, like you're obviously not choosing your family. Yeah. And they're gonna accept you if you decide that you're going to suddenly start oversharing, yeah. whatever they call it or whatever you know. Yeah. But uh, but it's a bit different, I think, yeah. when it comes to your 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 social circle. You probably find that that evolves, or did that evolve after? It's evolving now. Oh right, okay, yeah. It's evolving now, yeah. So kind of with with now, I think I'm getting much more into. Um, being stri- not strict, but being assertive with what I am okay with from a health perspective, mm, right? Okay. And and being able to say no, this is important to me, and it's not that I'm trying to be elitist or bourgeoisie or you know whatever. It's just like I'm I feel like I'm informed about certain things, and God forbid I'm I know nothing in the grand scheme of things, especially in this health world. Once you start like learning a little bit then you realize you know this much this yeah. much and you have much more to learn mm. but i think that i'm becoming now more assertive to say um this is important and so then my social circles are also becoming like that because yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas before i would say oh okay well no it's not that important to have a a, a um a vacation where we're exploring nature or where we're um moving you know mm-hmm. now that that's not a vacation if you don't yeah. and so I find that I'm even not it's almost like I'm not interested in going you know going on to the benders or the you know like the, the, the vacations where before I probably would have tagged along just to be polite yeah now it's like no what what gives me joy what do I want to opt into yeah, yeah. I mean if I like this year because of this concussion and like your, if your memory is wiped and your personality sometimes somehow gets wiped as well you start thinking well I mean there is a finite amount of time on this planet mm. and if there is a finite amount of time then I might as well make the most of absolutely everything and so if I really don't want to do it if it's not going to bring me joy whatever that experience is mm. then okay being polite to everybody else versus that experience you know yeah. versus before this was always number yeah, one yeah, being yeah. polite uh-huh. now it's now I think this other element of mm-hmm. it's a finite life yeah. and what's what's going to be the best choice and sometimes it's this still but at least this now is it's in the equation. has a play yeah there's a play on it do you yeah. quite, how did you yeah. find people responded to that because when I started making those choices and I was quite young I was like 18 when I started doing that there was a really noticeable shift you know people weren't that happy yeah about that change I mean I'm not on this planet to change everyone um, but I think that what I found is People get excited by your own infection. You know, like you're infectious, like, hey, listen. Like, so I have a friend right now. We're here in Dublin, and I told him we're going cold water swimming. He's like, you're mental. But we did it yesterday, and it was, I mean, we're going to remember that for the rest of our lives. Mm. You know, and, and he easily could have said, no, go on your own. And that would have been fine as well. But I think because once you start, once people start seeing the benefits of how excited you are about something or, or you're able even when you're able to explain why why it's good right mm-hmm. so something like I don't know what's a good example um, uh, like saying on a vacation with a bunch of people let's say let's go hike this 
thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, it becomes, you know, maybe certain people really don't want to hike because they're out of shape or they don't feel like it or it's just not their thing. Well, then it can become a dialogue of like, all right, well, I have no interest in going to see the, the malls and the touristy things. Just don't care. And you have no interest in going hiking. So why don't half a day we do what you want to do and half a day we do what I want to do? And we can do a compromise. Because I don't necessarily think it has to be like my way or the highway, mm-hmm. um, but it's introducing these little nuggets into people's lives. And so they also, if they're open to it, then I think people gravitate towards it. If somebody is just completely closed to it, then I think what I've noticed is I have started compartmentalizing those individuals and just saying, okay, I don't have, I'm not going to give you all of myself anymore. Um, And that's not bad. It's just energy is important. And if you're, not you, sorry, (laughs) but like if that person is for lack of a better word, an energy vampire, or just not on my on my kind of wavelength, I guess, for lack of, like, not that one's better than the other, but we're just on different wavelengths, mm-hmm. then that's still fine. It's just taking taking that moment to just say, okay, we won't, we we will not meet in the middle. Yeah, you're not serving each other. And we're not serving each other. Yeah. And but perhaps, also that you but, have to safeguard your own energy. And we have to safeguard it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that's, so if it's like, uh, if it's somebody that I have to meet for whatever reason, or ha- they have to stay in my life for whatever reason, that's fine. But just like bookending them and just saying, okay, you're not going to take this this much of my energy and my life and my everything, right? You're going to take an hour of my coffee, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's that. And you, you know, but I, I don't know. For me, I've more or less found that everybody. Um, most people will say I'm crazy. Let's say this cold water swimming, right? So we went to Greystones and swam with the Happy Pair guys, um, which if anybody needs to, like wants to do it, highly recommend it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, they're just awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, but like I've I found that anytime um, the people start gravitating towards it, um, and it's just and it becomes a a, um, a I'm scared to do it. And so you start having a, a different conversation, which is much more open of like, all right, you don't want to do cold water swimming. Why? What, it's, not, it's not like, oh, no, I can't do that. Well, why can't you do that? You know, and I feel like once you start having that as the crux of the conversation, it, um, it, yeah, it's just different. It's like, and then you, start, you can start chipping away at that person as well. Um, to say, okay, well, yeah, you're not going to come and swim in the frozen sea in December. Fine. Mm. But do you know why I take cold showers in the morning, right? And I find that the second that, for me at least, once I know what the why is, mm-hmm. right, of why I'm doing something, then the how becomes a lot easier. Oh my God, so much easier. Right? Yeah. Well, because like things like wheatgrass suddenly are tasty. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Like um, yeah. like a turmeric latte, when I first heard about it, I was yeah. like, wow, like Horrendous. putting a spice in it. Come on. Yeah. But now it's like, oh wait, I know why I'm mm-hmm. doing it. And then my taste buds have... Shifted, yeah. Isn't it weird shifted. how that happens, isn't it? It's like that's a re- there's a real will aspect to that. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how your body has these moments where you know you you have to listen to when there's like good intuitions that your body wants to have whatever a square of chocolate or a bar of chocolate. Yeah. And then there's you know and sometimes there's positivity in that. Like you hear a lot of people refer to particularly with women wanting chocolates like it's magnesium or it's the theobromine yeah. or those sorts of things. Yeah. And then there's also wants to like you know be away from people maybe you want to be away from people for for much longer than you probably should and you have to like it's difficult to intuit those things and yeah. i think probably what you're doing in terms of sitting is beginning to like understand that and one of the dangers i think with the biohacking world that you're in very much in you seem to yeah. dive into is that 
it's a, it's a lot about external references. It's a mm-hmm. lot about like, okay, what's your um, heart rate variability today? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your uh, what was your sleep like last night? What's your BPM? What's like what's your what's your IGF one? What's yeah. all these sorts of things, external tests as opposed to kind of like sitting with yeah. what's internal. And I think uh, one of the things we mentioned off camera was that like a lot of that. And it feels to me as well, it feels very male. It feels yeah. like a very masculine thing, it's that kind of like Even analysis. just the way of doing it. Yeah, right? the, yeah. the approach just, to it, yeah. very much yeah. so. Maybe not the outcome, but the approach. Yeah, um, it's linear. It's, yeah. yeah, it's really linear, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so exactly. it's a really easy thing to understand mm. from a A to B to yeah. C. And I think, Here's you know, yeah, as yeah. women, we kind of tend to be a more like whole picture mm-hmm. thing, isn't there? That study, you know, people go into the room and yeah. what do you recognize? Yeah. And the guys go straight for one small area and focus in and mm-hmm. really remember this stuff really well from mm-hmm. one area. Mm-hmm. And women remember a less amount from a larger area. That's yes. really yes. And, yeah. and that's kind of it, isn't it? Yeah. When we're looking at health, we tend to kind of go softly, softly, uh-huh. and and guys tend to, yeah. There was um, so there was a, uh, an article written four years ago, I think, I just posted it. So we have a, a, a Facebook group for women biohackers. And to your point, I really, the term biohacking is great mm. for what it is, mm. um, which is hacking your own biology. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, it's cool, it's, 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 an idea it's catchy mm. it's got the idea of like an n of one like a statistics of one yeah. rather than these grand large studies mm. where you have thousands of people which it's also cool. have a place like everything everything has a place yeah, right yeah, it's yeah. it's just um so like i i personally like the idea of biohacking and saying i know like something will work for me but it's not going to work for you and then moreover it's extra not going to work for you because mm. you're a male right mm-hmm. um so i like the idea of like taking control so so for me what biohacking what I love about it is taking control of of my own health, right? Which I think we've currently outsourced our health towards doctors and said and like laying the blame on them to some to some extent. Um, I mean like okay, well I go to the doctor, he tells me to take a pill, and if it doesn't work, then it's his fault. It's like well, why don't we actually start doing things ahead of time before even having to get to the doctor, you know? Um, and this is preventative healthcare. Preventative, it's yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, it's the world of all. Anybody who's listening to this is mm. kind of in it already. Co- or well, kind of. We're hoping of. to introduce some people. Like, it's horrible it. just to think this might be just totally inside of a You're not all inside of a bottle. Yeah, yeah, please don't. So, um, but but yeah, like the idea of wellness, yeah, mm. and like preventative healthcare and it being, um, everybody says, oh, it's much more expensive. Well, probably not mm-hmm. if you start doing it early enough like your boy right like he starts you're going to be teaching him about this kind of thing so that hopefully he's going to be so informed that you know there was somebody who was telling me the other day the quote um the, f- the future doctor is the patient mm-hmm. right so maybe he'll be his own doctor to some extent you yeah. know yeah for um, me it was like um i mean i made a huge investment last year Basically, I called it my health insurance. I don't have health insurance, yeah. but my health insurance policy, I bought an infrared sauna last year. Yeah. And it's been, you know, a really, it's the first time I've really kind of, like, showed up for myself financially to go, this is this important to me that I'm going to make sure that this is actually something that I can access all the time. And yeah. it's not something where I'm going to go to a, whatever, a spa or something like yeah. that to, like, and it was, just, it was, it was interesting because I didn't, um, I don't think I use the term kind of health insurance in the same way as other people do. Uh, and in Ireland, there's a big focus on that. Like I don't know if in, in the world, but but there's a huge thing of like, particularly once you get past a certain age, suddenly it changes. The price changes. I've missed the boat yeah. on getting the discount health insurance for the rest of my life because I didn't get it early enough. Huh. Yeah, they discounted if you start like below the age of 33 or 34. Um, but for me, I really felt like it's taking a stand such that I'm not going to, in future, I, I may end up regretting this, yeah. but that my my insurance policies are my practices as opposed to putting money into somebody else's account Absolutely. and then them paying for 
what happens down the tracks. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so, sorry, <laughs> come back to the the, your, the female aspect of yeah, biohacking. <laughs> so, like when you're like looking at that, what what do you see as the different the difference in approach, and how do you pract- how do you practically approach biohacking in a different way? I, I wish you could leave the word biohacking behind because I feel yeah. like that's maybe a problematic word yeah. even when it comes to it, isn't it? Yeah. So I think um, so. First, to tackle that, mm. biohacking I think is a great word. Mm. Um, I think it's too niche. Mm. Um, and so one of the things that we've been um, kind of co- starting to communicate and um, and we feel that people have started to resonate with is the idea of optimizing your health. Because your version of an optimal health versus mine is very different, but equally we need to achieve it, or that's the intent to achieve it. So the idea instead of biohacking, the idea of health optimization. Um, So for me, I think that that term is just, it's a little bit broader. Um, It can have biohacking as an element of it if you're really data-driven, versus it can also have the, the more natural things of saying, you know, taking cold showers. That is not necessarily biohacking and that you can't, well, I, you're not going to have data behind it. It's not it a marker. Yeah, yeah, it's not a marker. Yeah. Maybe inflammation. Um, yeah. But um, but it's not like sleep tracking, mm-hmm. which is very easy and obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, uh, with women um, and women biohackers, we, we've called the Facebook group, so if anybody wants to join, it is a Facebook group. Um, we've called it Women's Biohackers for now mm-hmm. um, because I think there is that... Um, it's a good. It's a good term for now. Yeah, right? it's, it's useful um, because it's it, useful. Provides, it encapsulates what you're actually doing. Yeah. Well, and it's a word that people are familiar. And with. it's yeah. a way for people to find it. And it's right? a way for people to find yeah. it. But I think that we will ultimately it'll be kind of health optimization, and maybe even in the future we won't even that'll be health. Period. You know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, so I think we're just starting to delve into these types of things. But um, even the conversation on fasting. Right. Um, so we have like all the big influencers again are ma- are males. Mm. Um, you know, and they're wonderful. But we apart don't. From Rhonda Patrick. Apart from Rhonda Patrick, Basically. which awesome Rhonda yeah, Patrick. If you've you. never heard of her, <laughs> she's incredible. She does wonderful things. Um, but yeah, we, we have few and far between women. Mm. Um, there are a couple out there um, who focus on um, hormones, who focus on gut, who focus on um, sexual health. Yeah, so maybe um, there's some of those. Sarah Gottfried is a goodie. Sarah Gottfried is a goodie. Jolene, oh gosh. Um, Should be nice. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll post them afterwards. Yeah. yeah um, sorry, brain's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, and and I so I think for us it's opening the conversation because. It's an intimate one with women, I think, and one that we've shunted to the side because it's very easy, I think, in today's society to say, oh, well, we're not going to talk about that because it's seen as almost like too feminist, and then it's it's, it's, sho- it's shoved into that realm where it's like, wait, no, we can, let's talk about hormonal health, which impacts our sexual health, which impacts our gut microbiome, which impacts how we show up to work, which impacts our our whole entire and how we operate as mothers and sisters and you know daughters it, it, it shows up everywhere mm-hmm. right um, but I think that the second that we start talking about like periods and menstruation it it becomes like kind of cringeworthy and people just like they, they don't want to talk about that but it's almost like that is the that is almost a crux for women that <laughs> for lack of a better word sorry Bleeds into everything else, <laughs> like yeah. you know. And yeah. um, one of the defining distances, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you're looking at the differences <laughs> yeah. between male and female, yeah. one of the, the main intended. is that. Yeah. yeah. And I think you, know, I work a lot in, in corporate settings in wellness or yoga kind yeah. of world, 
and I'm always referencing in my classes all the time. Like if you're on the first to third day of your period, then this asana is not appropriate. Yes. You know, and this is what's happening physiologically yes. in your body. But why it's not appropriate? Yeah. It's not just that. Like, yes, you're bleeding, but yeah. it's like what's happening in your core muscles yes. when you're bleeding. What's happening in your hormones? What's happening in your digestive system? Yeah. What's happening in your elimination processes? How is it affecting all those things? And that just like on an asana level, obviously there are things that are not so suitable to do. Yeah. But really. You know, I think in a corporate setting, often women don't want to talk about like, oh, I, want, I need to I take this day for my period, or I'm not feeling like I'm at my optimal because my period, because they feel like it's an area where we're lacking, like it's showing a weakness, right? And I just think that it's when you when you come back to that why again, which mm -hmm. we we're talking about. If you know that there are certain foods that you can be eating that are nourishing mm -hmm. around that time, there are certain practices that you can do that are nourishing. That's about how can you optimize your health then. Yes. It's not about how can you look at it from a place of lack or weakness. Mm. It's going, if I know these things, I just make these simple changes and I'm going to perform at my best. That's mm. no different than going, I also know if I get up and I go for a run, I'm going to perform at my best. Mm -hmm. It's just knowing your body and understanding where you're at at any particular time yeah. and optimizing your health. Yeah. Like in China, for example, traditionally the dads would have made nourishing broths that would have been blood strengthening broths on the first couple of days of the women in the house's periods and the women would have been given time off from work on the first couple of days even back in the times where everyone was forced to work in a really socialist way and everyone was in the factories women still were given the first couple of days off of their period because they knew that then they would be better workers in the rest of the month mm -hmm. so it was practical it was like how can we get the most out of our workers this is how we get the most out and mm -hmm. somehow in that time we've lost that yeah yeah and I think even I we've even gotten to the point where we're saying okay I want to be completely you know on point for the entire month but it's mm -hmm. like well actually could it be that for two weeks out of the month let's say you're really focused and like able to, to you know do things like have that right side of the brain right versus the other side or left side sorry, um, versus the other two weeks you can be more creative and saying okay well if you're in a job where you can have both sides both sides of those things or you need to have both sides of those can you schedule meetings such that the more strategic meetings are closer to your period or versus the the more like you know nitty-gritty kind of detail oriented is on the other side of the month you know and it's maybe maybe the idea is rather than trying to be like our male counterparts who are you know blessed to some extent of being able to kind of constantly be on right maybe we have another strength that we've forgotten about you know and and pulling away from hacking and saying okay I have to always be on mm -hmm. to saying there is strength in pulling back and and having that um, that creative time of the month where things end up fitting together in play in ways that that puzzle before didn't make any sense you know I think it and it comes back down to seasons as well yeah. isn't it we can't yeah. always be winter no we can't always have summer no there's these periods of fallow and periods of rest and yes. periods of internalization and then there's periods of action and blooming and sprouting and all of this yeah. kind of stuff and when we look at that 
it's not that we only could have summer and that that would be the best way. We know that we need all the different ones, and that's the same with our cycle. There's those periods in our cycle that are our rest periods. Yeah. There are periods where we can be all things to all people yeah. at all times, and then there are the periods of growth when we're creating new projects, maybe. Yeah. And once you know that and you understand why, it's again changing that mindset, isn't yeah. it? It's just yeah. going, okay, well this is just practical. Yep. It just makes sense. Yep. It's not about being airy fairy. No, it's just no, like no, no, no. this is what makes sense for productivity. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it from a company point of view, mm-hmm. and it makes sense for you longevity-wise. Like yeah. How are you going to have the best health for the longest amount of time in your life, and that is going to make you more productive. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's also um, finding to to what you were saying before the right foods, mm-hmm. the right supplements, the right things by the month, like in those times of the month, like. If you really think about it, that article that I was saying like five, six years ago, somebody wrote it. I put it on my um, Instagram a couple of weeks ago, um, where it really hasn't changed this idea of biohacking. And like before, even again, four or five years ago, there was still this mentality of it was very masculine heavy, and it hasn't changed. Um, so why are we not doing something about it? Why aren't we saying there are foods, you know, women have notoriously been biohacking for centuries because we know um, we know what works and what doesn't work for some reason you know um, when you're pregnant you really want pickles that's a biohack because your body is saying or whatever it's not health op- op- optimization your body is saying I need that I'm missing something we just have never labeled it mm-hmm. you know um, so women are the original biohackers actually you're thinking about yeah. things internally and, and intuiting things yeah. and I think the, it's really unhelpful that that this world is so male dominated when you refer to biohacking. I think there's we're we're missing a voice there. And yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see where you take this because clearly there's a yeah. you know you have you have a really unique kind of set of kind of kind of historical and, and life kind of you know path kind of things and then, and then your your training obviously within uh, within uh, neurosciences you know I think because that's a very kind of reductive oh, yeah. thing as well oh, right? yeah. uh-huh. um, but but it'd be really interesting to see how you, how you marry those two I'm fascinated to see where you go with it yeah no um, it's it's an exciting I think it's I think it's exciting also just to see the different cultural things as well mm-hmm. um, so you know from a female standpoint as well as just from a um, health standpoint and yeah. how we're marrying these things together so yeah. for example in Russia we for ages have been eating buckwheat um, <laughs> and now it's becoming this you know cool Fine thing business, yeah. and it's like we're, we're almost going back to nature going back to the the, the things that really um, have worked you know we're we're creating there was ta- we were talking earlier about um, you know what does it really mean to be healthy in this day and age and a lot of the things like the products that are coming out um, the and, and they're all focused around making ourselves you know simulating like a natural world in an unnatural environment Right, so we're changing the lights. We're having, um, you know, lights that we can wake up to that are really, you know, eye-opening and blue kind of have, mm-hmm. have that blue light. Um, we have infrared, which before it was a fireplace. Um, we have cold water showers and cryotherapy, which is amazing. But you can just take a cold shower. Um, we have uh, grounding mats. Mm-hmm. We'll just go outside in the bare feet and go ground. Mm-hmm. You know, like there. It's what what's fascinating to me within this whole entire journey is. Um, how people are saying, oh, well, you need a lot of money for this, mm-hmm. or you need, um, or it's really difficult, and health is really difficult. And I think that the the goal of what we're working on now um, is to say that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's just to say that right now we're not aware of it, right? And I think what I love about what you guys are doing is you're bringing this awareness to people where 
the conversation hasn't been had. Um, so it's kudos to you guys because that's in- absolutely incredible. But I think that's the way that that things will change because before if you think doctor and the word do, do, I think it was dosere um, was was to teach. So a doctor was a teacher, right? And I think that in certain in certain realms of the world that is still the case, and others not so much. Um, so it's it's on us to to teach ourselves if we're not getting that, um, and if the system is is kind of saying that you only see a doctor for 15 minutes, um, that's not enough, right? So it's up to us to to listen to the podcast, to have these conversations, to learn from each other, you know. Um, and so for me also this year has a lot has been a lot about community mm-hmm. and. You know, podcasts are wonderful, but I get so much out of these conversations um, and little tips and tricks. I'm like, oh, you should try, you know, this, that, the other, um, which before I would never even thought of. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, so that's actually where I want to finish off. So sure? can, can you give us like a top five things that you've been using that are good for you? Not saying they're going to be good for everybody, but like <laughs> things, obviously, I mean, I, I, I can hear two things that are going to be there already, but like things maybe that you've been using supplement-wise or dietary change that you've made that you've seen real change yeah. or things you've really found that have improved your your mental state or those sorts of things. Can you give us like maybe five practices slash supplements slash foods that, sure. that might be good for people to like dig into? Yeah, sure. Um, like like five, five yeah well, oh, five like five all right so okay. brain um no yeah brain <laughs> let's do that one um so i was vegetarian for nine years yeah um have shifted to eating fish um hello um so fish um so omega-3s you've got to have it yes. um there's an amazing book called when brains collide um it's a guy who just walks you through why omega-3 is necessary for the brain um read it read it have fish oil, have pearl oil, mm-hmm. um, cannot put that out there enough. If yeah. you even think you've had a concussion at any point in life, double down on it. That's one. Um, two for the brain is lion's mane. Yes. Um, as a supplement, I put it in my tea every morning. Um, it's it's uh, it's a mushroom. It's natural. Um, it looks like a lion's mane, which is why it's called lion's mane. Um, and um, you can just get it as a powder. Um, and for me, it just feels... My brain just feels focused. It feels um, like I gave it, yeah, it just feels focused and ready to go. So it's, um, I gave it to my aunt and she said that she felt like it was like Ritalin, um, like ADD, like for ADD, um, but it's natural, right? Yeah. And it's um, it's neurogenerative, yeah. um, so it helps to bring bring back those connections and forge those connections. Um, so the most exciting so thing about neuroscience huge. is that in the last, what, 15, 20 years they've discovered, no, your brain cells don't just die, they do regrow, yeah, yeah. this BDNF thing, there's like all this potential Absolutely. for us to actually, you know, we're, we're not just crumbling, mm-hmm. desiccating things, we can actually improve, no matter what stage of life we are at that we decide yeah. to make a change, your body can say, okay, cool, I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to work with you, yeah. which is yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, it's, um, I mean, yeah, you can completely rechange your life mm. with diet, with um, with these, uh, with light, water, and magnetism, which is actually more important than diet, in my opinion, mm. um, with learning your circadian rhythms, with I mean, there's so many different things, but in a nutshell, yeah. That thing, that whole shift, kind of changed because I remember, like, back in the day, people were all on this, like, live fast, die young thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, YOLO, sure. <laughs> sure, like, what's happening? You know, you're just getting older, you get to a certain point, everything's just going to go downhill. And so everyone was just like, okay, smoke as much as you want, drink as much mm-hmm. as you want, go out party all the time. Don't think about your health because, sure, it's just going to be ruined. Mm-hmm. And then once this discovery happened and it came into mainstream media, like, oh, hang on. 
no, actually, we can change this stuff. We can mm. get stuff optimized. We can actually be better than improve. we were before. We can improve. Yeah. Then that changes your whole mindset mm. because that live fast, die young thing. It's suddenly like, oh no, yeah. hang on, exactly. yeah. that doesn't yeah. make so much sense. Like and I think we're seeing it with our parents, right? Yeah. Like half of my friends are like, wait. I, I don't want to be like that, you know, in 30 years' time. Like, I can... And then you see people who are your parents' age, which, who are... I mean, they look better than you are, than you do, you know? And you're like, wait, they're doing something right, you know? I saw a guy who was kite surfing, and he was, like, 75 years old. Like, come on, I want to do that, you know? And it's... If I'm if I'm going to be on this planet for, let's say, 80 years, and who knows, maybe with longevity and, you know, all this these advances with aging, it's going to be 120. I don't know, but mm-hmm. let's say it's 80, then... I want full range of motion yeah. until then. I don't yeah. want a hip replacement. It's and I, and I don't have to have one. Mm-hmm. It's just how you, like, again, awareness of saying, okay, how am I sitting? Which right now I'm sitting horribly. But like, mm-hmm. all right, how does that, how can I modify little things in my day-to-day life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So brain was, um, mm-hmm. going back to that. Great. So um, lion's mane and omega-3, mm-hmm. um, just make sure that it's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that book is a great one. Um, uh, cold showers mm-hmm. or um, jumping into cold water. Anything with cold water yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, for me, it started because, again, with the concussion, um, it made perfect sense because when you bruise yourself, you put ice on it. Mm-hmm. All right, so my brain got bruised. Let's put some cold water on it. Um, and that's what people do when, say, somebody comes into A&E uh, with a brain injury, they put it on ice. Um, so if you just extend that whole entire metaphor to your body and inflammation of the body, taking cold showers. Yeah. So for me, I started with, I was one of those people that took scalding hot showers and my skin was pink and it uh-huh. was like, Oh, this Love is my this, this yeah. is my ten minutes of joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I started shifting away from it. So I would do, you know, a full hot shower, and then at the very end, mm. I would say, okay, thirty seconds of cold, or well, I would start out with ten seconds, and then every day add on yeah. ten, fifteen seconds. Um, so I took it also as a time that I would just swear. <laughs> so, like, honestly, I would yeah. just stand in the shower and be like, I'm going to come up with every single swear that I possibly can or just like get out any anger or like, okay, so yeah. it was a double whammy, okay, cool, right? Yeah. So like that cold it's shower. Yeah, it was a primal yeah. scream, okay. exactly. So cool. it's like, I'm so nervous about this podcast or whatever it is. Yeah. Or like, just get it all out during cool. those cold moments. And that serves um, the double purpose as well yeah. because it's not useful to be in the cold shower Standing with no, tension. No, no, I'm glad you brought that up. You need to be relaxed. Yeah. And it's very hard to do that if you don't have like a regular breath practice or something yes. where you're used to sitting in discomfort and understanding how your body responds to challenge. Yeah. So yeah. something like that where you're going, okay, I recognize the challenge. I'm just going to let that challenge out. It's yeah. naturally going to translate into your body movements and into your muscles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I because I do it in the morning, it's um, it's it's such a psychological shift. Because if I can get through a 10-minute cold shower, I can get through anything in that day. Mm-hmm. Like, I've already conquered... Frankly, the rest of the day is just a is, is a bonus, you know? Yeah. Because I've already conquered a big fear. Yeah. I've conquered something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it does... It still, it still sucks. I've been doing it for a year, and it's still horrible. Um, but after you get out of it, you're like, yes, I'm victorious. Like, I can, like, I am such a queen that I can just t- take on anything, you know? Um, and then you don't really need a cup of coffee. I still do it because I love coffee, but, yeah. and then I add the lion's mane or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so okay. brain stuff we covered, cold showers. Um, so light, 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 light is so huge for me. Um, and I mean it from a couple of things. One is 
staring in the sun in the morning if you get if you have that mm. as an opportunity yeah. um and sun gazing sun gazing yeah exactly so there's loads of stuff online about there that, is it? yeah um be careful obviously do it only in the first hour of the sunrise mm-hmm. um because yeah just be careful read about it be careful or message me and then i can tell you more about it yeah. um and um the other thing with light is um non-natural light right so all of this stuff um for me it's been huge because i was so light sensitive immediately after the concussion um so i got i got into blue light blocking so blue light um there's a lot of articles online on it as well um in a nutshell it affects not only our circadian rhythms and melatonin levels but numerous other things in our bodies um there's a guy by the name of jack cruz um he is fantastic to listen to i would i would highly recommend listening to his podcast and not um and not his um blog itself because the blog gets really technical and it's just tough so if you have time to listen to something on the way to work or something then his 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 uh youtube videos are great so just google like jack cruz and any youtube and you'll find loads of them um but he is he's a big um proponent of um yielding or shielding yourself from blue light I've actually um, moved on he's totally moved on moved from like on the even, macronutrient yeah. thing oh, yeah. thing he's like we are electrochemical beings and what we need to look at is like the electrical quality of yeah. what we're putting into our bodies which is yeah. amazing I mean, he, he made one comment about um, about local food and yeah. local, like food that's grown at the same latitude as where you are yeah. operates at the same vibration as you do yeah. and so when you put it in your mitochondria go oh hey, I understand this whereas if you're getting like a burger that's got ingredients from 20 different places all around the world your body just literally doesn't understand it it makes so much sense yeah. it really does yeah. like, and he's not he's not woo he's a neuroscientist as well right yeah, yeah. he's a neurosurgeon neurosurgeon <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so on on the day day in day out he operates on people's brains yeah. he literally operates on people's brains yeah. and then on the, and then he himself had his own health journey um, where he basically got himself down like 70 pounds or something like that um, just by cold showers um, stopping getting away from any of the blue light um eating a lot of seafood um and and what else those are like the big ones um so yeah blue light um there's a company called raw optics um which i really like um i have one here i these are the ones i use if anybody wants to see um so yeah these are them and then there's these ones as well um so yeah support thank you they're very expensive no. should be very careful no 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 that's fine there you go um, those are evening ones the rosy tinted tops yeah yeah, yeah the, so the red one the red ones I put on um, at 7 o'clock at night if I put these on at 7 then by 10pm I'm comatose like yeah. so basically the in, in a nutshell what it means is you put these on it blocks the blue light from all these lights coming around blue light is a thing that tells your body not to create melatonin melatonin is a thing that tells you to go to sleep so if you're looking at this right before you go to sleep your body still thinks that it's solar noon that it's 12 p.m. Mm. instead of 11 p.m. right so your body you're 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 falling asleep because you've been up for the entire day but hormonally you're like, like, and your mitochondria are like oh, yeah, what what's going on it's still it's still solar noon i should have cortisol i should be waking up like let's go let's go um so if i put those glasses on at 7 then it gives my brain and my body time to just wind down and calm down. And the other thing is at night also um because the skin is your biggest organ, you need to be thinking about how that light is impacting your skin, right? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> um my so son's here today. Yeah, with us. He's not he's he's off camera, but he's very special. <laughs> um so the light that's coming from there, mm-hmm. it's hitting your skin mm-hmm. and your skin's your biggest organ. So if that's the case, then you're again 
giving your body the wrong signal. Yeah. So at nighttime, I will definitely cover up all my skin as much as possible. Yeah. Like this is perfect. Um, and and also covering up your thyroid. Yeah, like um, there, there's like intranasal and intraoral light yeah. receptors. Like a lot of our photoreceptors, like your inner nose and inner ears. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to know. The Who history. would ever know that? It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. But yeah, so your thyroid is something to also think about, especially with women. Um, you know, when we're sitting in front of a computer, yeah. right? If you have a laptop right there, guys, you you still have a, a, a what do you call it, a tie, oh, yeah. or you guys will button up. Yeah. Women, most of this is really open. Uh, interesting. So for me, most of the time, I'll put a scarf around it because at least that is covering from the laptop all that blue light coming straight to my thyroid Never and messing up all my hormones. Oh, right? Wow. Uh, such That's a simple, such a simple hack. Mm. Throw a scarf on, especially in the winter time. Mm. You're done. Okay, um, cool. What else? Oh, um, Wi-Fi at night. Um, turn that thing off. Mm. And anything electromagnetic. I mean, my phone is all the way on the other side over there. It's usually not in my room. Um, it's usually if it's on me, it's on airplane it's mode. Um, because and just again, how you turn off airplane mode, be aware that you, it's not just from the bottom. You actually have to go into the settings and turn it off. Um, okay. All right. Does it not work when you just tap it, swipe it from the bottom? No, no. Oh, yeah, oh, so you have to go into the settings. Um, but like EMF, um, it's this can be this could be another hour conversation just on yeah. electromagnetic fields, non-native electromagnetic fields. Um, but in a nutshell. Um, I run the Boston Biohacking Meetup, um, and we had somebody, a specialist, come in who she brought to the Supreme Court in Israel a case saying that uh, that Wi-Fi in kids' schools is completely detrimental to their health, and she won it. There's you cannot win a case in the Supreme Court without proper scientific evidence. You just can't. So that being said. Wi-Fi, children, all of us. I mean, kids as well because they're just there's more water weight with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, turn on, turning off the Wi-Fi um, at night. You don't need it. You're going to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. why do you need the, you know, that to be buzzing through your house or through your head? Um, the Lion King says no. Lion King says no. <laughs> um, so yeah. So no Wi-Fi. Um, I, no, think that's, that's I think that's great. four hacks. That's, and I think we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, I think we're good. So yeah. <laughs> Sorry guys, I can talk uh, for ages. Don't so. apologize. This is a great info. Great. Yeah. Really talk to you. I'm yeah. so glad we did this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah like opportunity. And um, you guys, please. Um, well, thank you much for watching. Um, please like, like, and subscribe as usual to our channel. Check us out on social media. We're now on Facebook and Twitter as well as Instagram. We finally did that thing. Um, <laughs> you also check us out on Patreon, where you can help us support the stuff that we're doing, and you'll get some great kind of extra insights with us and with our guests um, if, if, you, if you choose to support us there um, what else uh, look out for oh we, we're going to post a video about this about better news as sponsorship and uh, news as is amazing there you go absolutely incredible yeah use it again. for sure hey nice <laughs> lovely thank you for that sure. <laughs> every little helps um, so um, yeah that's really it and Dasha thank you so much for spending time with us yeah uh, likewise and brief, brief trip to Dublin okay. I hope we get to see you again yeah and then um, if anybody is going to be in London um, yeah. in end of August time frame um, watch out there might be a health optimization summit coming your way so keep keep up to date um, my oh yeah my Instagram is underscore dash of health um, like so that. he'll uh, you guys will post yeah, around we'll um, but um, so that's yeah. August 2019 uh, yeah, August September. We're trying to figure out the dates, um, but it's gonna be it's I mean, gonna be one to that you're definitely names, gonna want to come to. Yeah, you already. So well, hush hush for yes, now. Indeed, but, I didn't say uh, yeah, but <laughs> just, it's uh, listen to our podcast. You'll find our Instagram. Yeah. Follow yeah. hers. You'll, you'll find us. Yeah. 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 Okay, Debbie. Thanks yeah. again, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
<laughs> okay.